Amen. Well, we got some other exciting news for you today. How many of you guys know a gentleman by the name of Pastor Howard Mulder? Let's give him a round of applause for Pastor Howie. Pastor Howie, why don't you come on up here? He's, uh, he's all excited today. He's going to be ministering the word of the Lord. I see he's recovering quite well from his, uh, his knee surgery from the summer. Right? We've got a microphone for you. I like it when Pastor Howie preaches. He's getting all sophisticated on me too now. He's like starting to use like an iPad and all these things. I remember, you know, he used to, you know, carry all these notes around on paper. And, uh, he, you know, rely on everything. But now he's got it all here. It is all yours. All right. Thank you. All right. You see, he has made me be what I am right now. I had to give him notes. He called me the other day and says, hey, buddy, you got the notes? I said, yeah, I already sent them to Q, Sarah. But I sent them to a number that was not listed, and they didn't go there. So I'm down to the wire, and they're saying, where are the notes? I gave them to her, and I also sent them to you. But today, I had to do like everybody else. Write notes out. Yes, that's how I used to do. I would get up in the very beginning, take one verse of scripture, and for the next 40 minutes or so, talk about it. But now I got to give them a volley of scriptures. And then they'll put them up and see if I'm in line. But a lot of preachers get caught up in their own voice. They don't know when to quit. They talk until they lose their audience. I understand time constraints. I understand all of that. But when your backside gets tired, your brain can't absorb much. And experts say, I don't know who these experts are, because if you break that word down, expert, a perk is a drip under pressure. An X is an unknown. So if you have an unknown drip under pressure <laughs> telling you what you should be doing, I don't know. But they say every seven minutes, I don't care how good a speaker you are, you lose your audience. I've been about three minutes now. I've lost some of you already. But before, <laughs> and before I lose any more, I want to rush to a Conclusion. <sighs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to say it anyway. There was a first time visitor, maybe not at this church, that entered into this particular church. He came in, he sat somewhere at the back by there, or Stacy Quinlan is. She said she was going to help me preach today, but when I confronted her, she backed out. But there was a first-time visitor who came in and sat somewhere near the back. And once the pastor finished his message, he said, we're going to have a meeting of the board at the front of the church after service. Well, this first-time visitor came. He sat on the front row. The pastor said, uh, excuse me, sir, but this meeting is for the board only. He said, that's why I'm here, sir, because I've been just as bored as anybody else <laughs> that's in here. I know what it's like to sit in service and be so bored you want to almost gnaw your own arm off to give you an excuse to go out. And Jesus had went home 20 minutes before he even finished. But I want to tell you today, remember who you are. And it's about faith and faith alone. Going to church does not make you a Christian. No more than going into a garage will make you a car. 
Going to church does not make you a Christian. No more than going home will make you married. But if you stay away long enough, both of them are going to suffer. A little as a grain of mustard seed can do a lot because big doors swing on little hinges. Seek God. Abraham, he sought God. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God in what he had promised. He was also able to perform. The blessings of Abraham are not just financial, but his righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In other words, good, better, best, and you never let it rest till your good gets better and your better gets best. I heard the story about this fellow who went to the name change place to have his name changed. He went up to the counter and gave his name to the lady behind the desk. And she said, sir, what can I do for you? Sir, I want to change my name. Okay, well, what's your name? He said, my name is Joe Stinks. Oh, I can understand why you want to change your name. Okay. She gave him the necessary paperwork. He went over there and sat down and filled it all up. Then in a few minutes, he came back. And he gave it to the lady behind the desk. She looked at it and she said, sir, are you sure this is what you want to do? He shook his head in agreement, said yes. He said, but, okay, well, this is what you want, this is what we'll do. Do you know what he changed his name to? Carl Stinks. If you are going to make a change, let it be worthwhile. Let this mind be in you. It was also in Christ Jesus. I was a loser once in my life, and I knew no other way. I tried and I tried with all of my might. But knew not what to say. But then one day I met a man who took away all of my sin. He took me away from my losing ways and taught me how to win. Now I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I've been loosed from Satan's pit. Jesus, he fought and he won the battle, gave the victory to me. Now I cannot be defeated because I'm saved. I'm healed and I'm free. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Too often we get caught up in our own self thinking that, oh, God made a prize catch when he got us on program listen it's not about you it's all about him if he didn't give you your next breath you couldn't catch it in a fast car and don't be caught up with the cares of this world because abraham staggered not at the promises of god through unbelief but he was strong in faith giving glory to god in what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can with this machine, but it keeps acting up on me here. 
But this is a classic example of the true nature of faith. Abraham knew who he was. The prodigal son had a temporary memory lost. He wasted all of his father's goods. You can find this. You know, I'm going to give you these scriptures. But it's nice if you look them up for yourself and you can get the full feel of it when you read them. This, he wasted all of his father's goods. This boy went to his dad and said, look, father, I'm tired of hanging around this place. I want to go out and see the world. But I don't have any money. So I want you to give me what I got coming to me so that I can fulfill my little destiny. So father said, okay, son, if that's what you want. And he gave him his money. He went out and he spent all of his father's living that he gave him. Pretty soon, there was a famine in that land. When he had money, he had friends. But when the money ran out, so did his friends. Now during this famine, he finds himself almost naked and alone, living in a pig pen, about ready to eat the pig slop, the swill. But he forgot who he was. But they're just about ready to eat it. He remembered who he was. And he thought about it. My father has enough that he pays his servants good wages. And now I'm here with the pigs. Even though I'm not qualified no longer to be called his son. Going to go back home and say, Dad, listen, I made a mistake. You were right all along. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the boy didn't know that while he was gone, his dad would go to the end of the driveway and look down both sides of the street in hopes that one day his boy would return. And as he was looking, this one particular day, he saw him coming down the street. Before the boy could even tell him what he had rehearsed in his heart, the father went out, wrapped his arms around him, and welcomed him home. His present location was not his final destiny. Nation. And no matter who you are, whether you got yourself in a position on your own, or whether somebody else puts you there, God will not leave you because he went through too much for you. Remember who your father is. You're going to run into some bumps on the road. Don't, don't, don't think for a minute that when you become a Christian, it's going to be all a bit of ease. You're going to run into the devil sometime. If you have never met the devil head on, it might be because you're traveling in the same direction. Oh, uh, yeah, somebody says, ow. Well, lift your feet up when you get to that point. Just say, ow, lift your feet up. Lift your feet. <laughs> Joel prophesied in chapter 2, verse 28 to 32, that in the latter times, God was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters would prophesy. Your old men would dream dreams. Your young men would see visions. And then here in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 16, we see Peter now explaining what happened on the day of Pentecost. All these people thought that these people that were there jibber-jabbering were drunk. Peter said, listen. It's only nine o'clock. These are not drunk as you suppose. He said, but this is that. Spoken by the prophet Joel. And he went on to explain it. And there were people from all over the then world, Jews and Parthians and Medes, all of them there gathered. And they all heard him speak in their own language. 
let me maybe back up to the first verse of that chapter. It says, now when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And then suddenly there came a sound that did not come from Moscow, Russia. Did not come from London, Paris, or New York. But there came a sound from heaven like the rushing of a mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, when they ask a person that has been anointed by God pointed questions, they can't always give you a good answer. But when they ask Michelangelo of that great sculpture, how is it, sir, that every time you put your hand to a piece of granite, you always come up with a masterpiece? He said, it's very simple. I don't create anything. I just take my hammer and my chisel and I unlock the image that's on the inside. Don't exalt yourself because of your successes. Don't put yourself down because of your failures because your present location is not your final destination. Remember who you are. And you are the chosen one of God. And you choose those things that are going to be favorable to him. Philippians 2 says, let this mind, verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of sinful men in like man. But God had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Don't carry your baggage around and show it to everybody that wants to listen and watch it. Remember who you are. Paul, one of the greatest apostles, if not the greatest, refused to be caught up with those things. He said, forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth for those things. That I press towards the mark for the prize, the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. And here this man, who in the very beginning persecuted, even killed Christians, women and children, hauling them into court, locking them up. Now they're saying about him, he who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith that he once denied. He went from killing Christians to writing one third of the New Testament and most of that from prison cells. Wake up. Don't forget who you are. Much of David's success was determined by his position as a shepherd. There's no shortcut to the throne. There in the privacy of practice and in the safety of rehearsal, he was developing skills that would elevate him to the throne that he could execute out there on the battlefield. And listen, do not let the devil bully you because greater is he that is in you 
than he that is in the world. You need to straighten up your back and you talk back to the devil. When he comes to you with trash talk, you just talk back to him. Tell him, get back on your side of the line. The God of the armies of Israel is on your side. When David went to take that food to his brothers, these are lessons you would learn in Sunday school. He saw the champion of Gath come down here and stand in front of the army. Right in the valley of Elah with the Philistines on one side and the Hebrews on the other. He heard him doing all of that trash talk. Don't let him discourage you. Because when you become responsible to God, then God becomes responsible for you. Remember who you are. And them Hebrew boys, they did not know the outcome of that confrontation with King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 3. Verse 15 to 23 said, listen, king. You may bleach our bones in your fire. But. We still will not bow. The king said, boys, listen. I'm a very bad man. I've conquered every kingdom that's on the then known world. And as a matter of fact, when I got to Jerusalem, I didn't even see your God. He didn't even try to stop me. And I never seen him. He said, oh, King, listen, live forever. But you might not have seen him. But every now and then, we can feel him. And whether or not he delivers us, we don't know for certain. But we got this sneaky feeling in the back of our mind that we serve a God of deliverance. He can deliver and he will deliver. King said, okay, now, I kind of like you boys. And now I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. I'm going to give you another chance. If when you hear the sound of all that musical instruments and worship this image that I set up out there in the plains of Duro, I'm not going to go through with my plan. But if you don't, there's only one outcome for you. That is the fiery furnace. King, what you're saying is true. We know what you have done to other nations, but you have never met a God like ours. You can do whatever it is you want to do to us, but we will not bow to you. Verses 16 to 18 down to the 23rd Verse says, they took the power of Nebuchadnezzar out of his hand once he threw those boys in the fire. I don't know how big the fire furnace was. I don't even know if it was a closed container or maybe just a hole that they, they, they dug like a pit in the ground. But they made it hotter than it ever was. And he took them boys bound up in their clothes. He said, you got one more chance. King, we serve the living God. We come from the exact geographical center of the world. And we serve a God that is able. And not only that, our faith says he will deliver because he is a God of deliverance. That's something they did not get that more. Don't always focus on the outcome. You keep trusting and fighting because warfare surrounds the birth of a miracle. And God's brilliance can outshine any fire.
the greater one lives in you and your power is greater than the devil's authority. Spoke to that fire. Don't you burn their bodies. Don't you scorch their clothes. Don't you singe their hair. Because my brilliance outshines any fire. And he told that fire what to do. And the fire had to back off. And there, when the king, and uh, the reason I might have mentioned this thing about a pit. Because the king went and he looked down. Because he said he threw those boys down into fire bound. But when that brother looked. He'd not just only see three men, but he saw a form, and the form of the fourth was like unto the Son of God. Why? Because on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. How I love that old cross. Where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. I will cherish that old rugged cross until my trophy at last I'll lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it for a crown Philippians 2 verse 5 picked it up and said because of that you let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion of a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross for God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus Every knee would bow. Every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. It's not about you. Don't exalt yourself because of your successes or condemn yourself because of your failures. Because your present location is not your final destination. Because this battle is not about you. The Bible says it came to pass. It didn't say it came to stay. Remember to forget those things that are trying to bind you. You stay focused on Jesus Christ. His identity and what he placed inside you. He knew Jesus that, that his mission was to end up on a tree. But they were trying to take him by force and force him to be a king. And all this dreaming they were doing had to be cast aside because the first primary purpose of a dream is you have to wake up to fulfill it. Now here David is out there in the privacy of practice learning skills that was going to help him elevate it to the throne. David did not let his circumstances distract him. He got down there and saw Goliath and heard what he was saying. He said, I can't put up with this any longer. I am tired of your trash talk. And now I'm going to deal with you. And Goliath, a very big man, the Bible says he was six cubits in a span. How big is that? Well, somewhere between 10 and 11 feet. A cubit measures from your elbow tip of your finger and it's between 18 
and 22 inches, depending on the man. I measured mine. It was 20 and a half inches. Now, Goliath was six of those in a span. The span is four inches, the width of a man's hand. Do the math. Six times 18 to 22. I chose 20. And that put Goliath somewhere between 10 and 11 feet tall. But when David went down there, he did not magnify that giant. He said, you uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, you are out of relationship with God. You talking about him like that, I won't put up with it. And he ran. He didn't say walk. He ran down there, got to the pool, picked up five smooth stones, put one in his sling, put the other four in his bag. And he ran towards Goliath. And Goliath said, just because you a boy, don't think I'm not going to shred your body like a bear or a lion would. <laughs> David said, buddy, I'm glad you brought that up. Because a lion and a bear came into the flock and tried to steal my lambs. And I ran, 1 Samuel 17, I ran out after them the lamb out of the lion's mouth and out of the bear's mouth. Then I grabbed him by the beard. Close hand combat. And I sent them both to the cemetery. Listen. You try to intimidate me with all that trash talk? You're going to feed my body to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field? You got that wrong, big boy. First of all, I'm going to take this rock. I'm going to put a hole in your head and then I'm going to sever your head from your body. And feed your body to the birds of the air, beasts of the field. You come to me. He's standing there very impressive. A man 10, 11 feet tall. All that armor glittering in the noonday sun. You come to me with your coats of mail, your helmets of iron and brass, your sword of steel. But buddy, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel who you defy to let you know that there is a God in heaven and he does not save with sword and spear. Because the battle is not my battle. The Lord's. And with that, he ran to that giant. He said, if you feel like I feel, <laughs> let's get it on. <laughs> he went down there and met him in the middle of that valley. And he took that sling. You come to me. Talk back to the devil. Don't let him intimidate you. Oh, with a sword and spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel who you defy. Let you know that there is a God in heaven who saves not with sword and spear. Battle is not my battle. He let that stone go and down Goliath went. Can you imagine that? This young shepherd boy defeated a lion. Lions can be up to seven feet long. That does not include the tail. Weigh between 350 and 500 pounds. Teeth, only an inch and a half. Three inches, but the claws are inch and a half. Able to shred the hide off of any animal. Yet David ran up against him. A bear. They say that they can stand as much as seven feet tall. Well over a thousand pounds in weight. They got four to six inch claws. Three inch teeth. With such tremendous force. Both these beasts have a bite per square inch of pressure. 
between 650 and 1,200 pounds per square inch. Now, a man only got 150, so that's a whole lot more than we got. So much power, they're able to bite a bowling ball and crush it. Here, this young boy ran up against him. Come in later, come in later. And told him, if that's what you think you're going to do to me, you have any plans of giving this body to the birds, the air, I got another plan for you. And with that, he dispatched him. While those thoughts were going through Goliath's mind, something else entered his head. Smooth, small stone. So they said that Goliath had four brothers. We find where Simeon and some of Joseph, David's brothers, dispatched them as well. But with a stone, he ran up against that Goliath. Goliath could see David in the flesh, but he could not see him in the anointing. And it was the anointing that destroyed that man. Romans 8 and 4 says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No. Beginning at the first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh God sending forth his son made of a woman and in the likeness of sinful flesh condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law build in us walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Do yourself a favor and come to Jesus while you have a chance. There was two drunks seated at the bar. Six o'clock news came in. There was this man up on a high building threatening to jump. One drunk said to the other drunk, I bet you five dollars you don't jump. Okay, you're on. They both put the fin on the table. The bartender held it and they continued to watch the newscast until finally the jump went bad. He jumped to his death. The winner took his five and left. The loser sat there drinking himself drunk. Till another patron came and sat down beside him. Same newscast that was on at six o'clock now come on at 11 o'clock. He said to him, uh, I bet you five dollars he don't jump. The bartender looked at him in amazement. I'll stay out of it. Okay, they put the money down. And of course, the same newscast, he jumped. He said, man, why would you bet somebody else on a newscast that you just saw earlier tonight? I, I, I didn't think he had the guts to do it twice, he said. <laughs> Listen, this young girl who went to service, and she said to the pastor, it was a revival, I think, that lasted for uh, a week. First night she went in, she gave her heart to the Lord. She answered the altar call. Second, third, fourth night, she tried to get her boyfriend to do the same. He kept poking fun at her. He wouldn't do it. Last night of the revival, she said, come on, baby. Tears in her eyes. I want you to be with me in paradise. And he laughed her to scorn. And through her tears, she looked at him and said, if you won't go to heaven with me, I won't go to hell with you. And she broke that relationship off that day. Know who you are. Don't be 
discouraged when things don't go your way. But my question to you today is this. Have you received the Lord after all he did for you? A scripture that maybe it would be good for all of us to remember is Isaiah 54, 17. And it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made upon himself, took upon himself, oh, wait a minute. That's the wrong scripture. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment, he will condemn. And that is your heritage as a servant of the Lord. Because your righteousness is of him. All I got for you today. But I want to tell you something. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Haven't made him your choice. If I were you. I'd make a change. And today if you haven't. You have the opportunity now. to come, Not to me. But to come to Jesus. And ask him to forgive you of your sins. Write your name. In the Lamb's book of life. And you don't have to come up here. Actually, you can do it right where you are. Simply saying, Father, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. I make you the Lord. You said that your name has now been written in the book of life. My name's Howie Mulder. I approve this message. Thank you, Pastor Howie. I always love listening to Pastor Howie preach. He's just got some power in what he says. Amen. If you're able to, why don't you stand with me? We're just going to close out in prayer here. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for the word that went forth today, Father, and I ask that it would just even uh, come alive in our heart today, Father, that we would leave this room knowing who we are in Christ Jesus, knowing what you've done for us, how you went to the cross for us, and how you made a way for us to have a relationship with you. God, we thank you for who you are and what you've done in Jesus' name. And right now, I even just plead the blood of Jesus over every person as they go through this next week. Father, I thank you that your blood covers them. Your angels go around about before them. And I thank you that you are keeping everyone safe from harm, danger, or evil. Just as Pastor Howie said, no weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful week. If anybody needs any prayer, we will have the altars open up here. You can come up and get prayer. Have a wonderful week. Good afternoon and welcome to the After Nine show. Uh, I've got some new, well, you're not, you're not a new face, but I've got some, some faces here that I'm sure you're excited to see. So um, to, if you're just tuning in and just joining us now, I encourage you to take the little toggle at the bottom and swipe it all the way to the left and start, watch the service first and then come back and talk to us. Basically what we're doing here is we're reenacting what it would be like if you were at church today. And so if you're under the weather, or if you're stuck at home and you wanted to be able to take part in this after hours conversation that's what we're here to do so uh, my name is Sarah Quinlan like I said and we've got uh, a couple awesome people here we've got Marsha Mulder to my left and we've got Pastor Stacy Quinlan to my right who is my mother my monarch yes did you have something to say go ahead yes I am your mother she's my mother. <laughs> okay yeah her mic's on we got we got volume hey Lair bear Yep, we got a nod. Okay, so we just heard Pastor Howie's message on remember who you are. So we all have little, a couple points I think stuck in our head. Um, do you want me to ask a question or do you have any thoughts to begin? Anybody? Yeah, do you have I any have thoughts? I have a thought. Pastor Stacey has a thought. I have a thought I thought was really amazing was when he said war, warfare 
is always around um, a produces a miracle. Yeah. There's always warfare. If you're believing for a miracle, but you're up against warfare, don't think God's not at work. Yeah. Don't think that this is this is nothing or all of a sudden you didn't hear God. I think that that was so cool. And I don't know, it really hit me when he said that. So be aware of those kind of things, right? Because yeah. sometimes we think that everything's easy peasy. It's just like when he made that statement, if you haven't come face to face with the devil, maybe you're walking with him. Maybe you're walking alongside with him. Hmm, that's something to think about. Yeah, that's really good. I and, like that. and too, like what you said, warfare is always around. Yeah. But we have to remember too, like he said, the battle is not ours. That's right. The battle belongs to the Lord. That's right. So the key or the message title was remembering who you are. Yeah. So when you remember who you are, then you know whose you are. Yes. Ooh, and that's the battle is not ours. Oh, that's the just so good. The Lord, eh? Yeah. Amen. Hey, you should have been up there today <laughs> preaching. <laughs> No, I, um, you know, Pastor Howie had a really, a few really good points that stood out to me today. Um, one thing that I really liked was when he was talking about his time, uh, uh, sorry, King David's time as a shepherd and how he okay. was in the field. And um, I find that really interesting. I guess this is more of a statement than a question, but I found it interesting because you think about some seasons that you can be in where you can feel like maybe you're, you're invisible or you're not really doing anything that's worthwhile. And David was actually completely left by his family to take care of the sheep while they were out doing what I think he would have preferred to do. But it was in the, that time in the field where he, where he came face to face with a lion, came face to face yes. with a bear, yes. learned what it means to tend to the sheep and to care for things that were right in front of him. And, and that's where he learned to play up the harp and do all of these things that ended up being really pivotal points in his story. And so I think that is kind of interesting to say, like, what is your shepherding season looking like? Like, do you find yourself alone? Do you find yourself, you know, that's, I guess that's all. I just found that was interesting. So it's not a question. He was more busy doing statement. the father's business. That's right. Yeah, but really? what was, but I, I always like to think about the things that aren't said in the Bible, you know, right. like, mm -hmm. what was his heart like? What was his attitude like? And knowing David, I, I'd like to think that his heart was, well, I guess we do hear about it, what he was thinking in Psalms, right? Yes. And he and was a man after God's own heart. That's right. True. And if you think about it, you know, when he said, um, I just lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. <laughs> but who he was, like he remembered when he faced Goliath, yeah. that what happened back then when yeah. he took a hold of the lion and he took a hold of the bear. That's right. So he remembered who he was when he faced the huge giant. Yes. Right? So when those giants come, we can always go back and remember who we are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know? I yes. love that. Yeah. I love that. And all it took was a pebble and a sling, right? To take down that giant. And I think that most importantly, the biggest weapon in that altercation was having the uh, understanding of where David stood in his identity, right? Mm -hmm. That's yes. right. I love exactly. it. And the fourth man that came in the fire, Pastor Howie always has a good, a good way to tie all of these things together. When I was putting his notes together, I was putting the verses and I'm like, how is this all gonna? <laughs> it's he was like kind of all over the place. It's like a puzzle, but it always works out, you know. Uh, any other points that stood out to you, either or you today? Oh my goodness! Well, I, the prodigal son story yes. is always something that really ministers to me, yeah. I, and I just think about that. Even when it talks about how the father was standing and he was watching, constantly watching, looking for his son. Perhaps today. Perhaps today will be the day that my son will return mm -hmm. to me. Yes. And uh, just not ever giving up knowing that eventually the son's going to return. That's right. I, I, I love think that's that. so good too because the prodigal, even though he fell from, you can say fell from grace yeah. and got so low, he remembered who he really was. Yes. Yes, he and all he had to do was go back to the father. Yes. So it's always remembering who you are and who you are in Christ. You know, yeah. that's to me, that's what stood out. Remembering yes. who you are. doesn't matter where you are, mm -hmm. where you go, how far you've fallen. Mm -hmm. If you can remember who you are, yep. yeah. you know, I love that. And you, you know, I, I've seen a lot of movies where they've done things where they've, uh, the take the main character and they'll wipe their memory mm -hmm. and, and that character will be completely useless. And all of the things that they were known for and good for are gone. And then it's like, I've seen so many movies like this where all of a sudden a switch flips or That's something right. triggers it That's good. and they remember and now they're powerful and now mm -hmm. they're the threat that they were before. Wow. That's good. And sir. I think that that's a, a good way to think about 
our identity in Christ because it's not just saying, oh, I'm Sarah. I'm a, I'm a female. I'm a bubble blah, you, you know, <laughs> it's no, you're Sarah. You were born and created for a plan and a purpose like we did declarations at the beginning of service. But not only that, that if I was the only person here on this earth, Jesus still would have come and still would have died for me. You know, yeah. and I think that there's a lot of power to stand behind that, that the son of God came for me. And I always like to joke around and say, <laughs> I don't know if this is biblical, but I always like to joke around and say like, I'm God's favorite. There you like, go. <laughs> God loves me the most, you know? And there's like little things that'll happen. I'll be like, I'm his favorite. And I, I love that. I love saying that because I feel like it, I feel like it's true. And I think that if we all felt that way, that we would be a little bit more powerful than we are. That's so true. From a Monday to a Tuesday. That's right. Silencing those lies, right? Yeah. That try to come That's our right. way That's right. to tell us who we aren't. That's right. You know? That's right. But who we are is what's most important. Yes. Yeah, just like the Lion King. Talk about the Lion King a little bit. Sarah. Yeah, the Lion King. Okay, yeah. we only have a minute and a half, but we yeah. can do this quickly. So the scene in the Lion King, if you uh, if you don't know, uh, Simba. If, if listen, this isn't a spoiler. This movie's been out since 1994. That's right. Okay, so Simba comes down, and oh, there are our, our little children. Yeah, hi. You got a unicorn. I love it. So. Uh, <laughs> so Simba comes down, and he. Um, runs away because his dad died and he loses all of this understanding that he was the prince of pride rock he goes to the hakuna matata place mm -hmm. and grows up and he's like i don't want to be king anymore i just want to live carefree and then rafiki comes to him and says no you remember who you are you are mufasa's boy That's right. and i think you should all watch lion king today and oh, remember well, didn't even said and i know where he is i know <laughs> yeah. where he is he goes and then he's like that's follow not my father me. and he has him follow yeah, him right. almost right. like the holy spirit right if you think about it follow me and then they go down to water anointing yep. fresh living water yep. and they stir the water and he's looking and he's going it's just my reflection uh -huh. and he goes look harder yeah and all of a sudden he looks up and he hears what does he hear i'm a king's kid <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't know. Simba, Simba. And he's like, Dad? And it's like that. And that's your father is calling your name right now. He's calling you by name and saying, look harder. Look at who you. I am in you. And you'll see that by being in his word and being in his presence. Amen. That's good, huh? All right. Well, with all that, we have to wrap it up. So I know it went by fast, but thank you so much for joining us today. Marsha, Pastor Stacy. Um, we will see you tomorrow at 630 at the Lighthouse on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. And we wish you the best Sunday of your life. Goodbye. And remember who you are. Remember.